Hello, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Unite. This is episode eight, the first episode of 2017. Today, I am joined by Oscar. Uh, this is a four-part show. It's the intro, the news, the topic, and then the pitch. However, this is a little bit different. We're going to we have a very few amount of news stories. So instead, uh, we're going to go through those news stories, but then we're going to talk about our uh, predictions for the uh, Nintendo Switch presentation that's going to be happening on January twelfth or January thirteenth, depending on what your time zone is. Uh, yeah. And then we're also going to talk about uh, Metroid Maker during our yeah. pitch. Uh, and also, yeah, our topic will be uh, a discussion about Star Wars Rogue One or Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, that will be our review and spoiler discussion. So if Boy. you don't want to be spoiled... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I put timestamps in the, in the description. So if you haven't seen Rogue One, when we go into spoilers, cause we're going to start talking about the movie, um, without spoilers. And then we're going to go into spoilers. So when we go into spoilers, just go into the description, uh, click the timestamp for the pitch and you don't have to hear any spoilers and you can come back later. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's a nice day. It's really snowy outside. It's good. Yeah. I was just thinking, weren't we going to speak about the Star Wars game also? Uh, no, uh, we switched uh, to Metroid Maker again. I think. Yes, yeah, that's better that's because idea. it's like impossible to figure something out about Star Wars game. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be good, <laughs> I think. Uh, so have, what have you been playing lately? Lately, I have not been playing much. I've been so busy with school, so I've been just like 10 hours at school and then I've been going home and I've been like sleeping or something. Yeah. But I uh, have finished uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon and uh, I have played through it actually another time. Yeah, you deleted your save. <laughs> yeah. I was so like, I, why I did you do that? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know why it was. It was like... Yeah, it was taking over my life, so I stopped playing I, and I deleted my save. And then I couldn't get rid of it, so I started playing a new save <laughs> and let it take over my life again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I've been playing two saves. I have my main save on my uh, new 3DS XL, and then I have my secondary save, which is on my old uh, launch 3DS so yeah. I think I have uh, I think I have 106 hours in the main save and about 35 hours in the secondary save. That's not even much. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I have 100% Pokédex now. That's nice. That's really impressive. Yeah, 100% Pokédex. Uh, it's the national Pokédex for Alola, so it's not the uh, the the. Uh, no, it's the Alolan Pokedex, not the National Pokedex. The National yeah. Pokedex is coming with the with the Pokemon Bank Pokemon patch. Bank. So I'm yeah. excited for that. However, what I'm not very excited about is that I'm gonna have to go back to like Pokemon uh, X and Y and 
Ugh. and stuff and the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire which is not going to be very fun and I don't know I'll probably bail <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know we'll I have these issues with, with these kind of games I play until I don't even think it's funny and then I force myself to play a bit more just for completion <laughs> so, you know that's why I stopped and the first time I was like I'm gonna like I'm gonna just like re- soft reset this game to get the perfect nature and perfect IVs and everything and it's just gonna take a lot of time yeah. And it's just like something I feel I have to do, not something I actually want to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what I've also been playing is I started uh, like like way like last year or like a year and a half ago or something like that. I started playing The Last of Us on the hardest difficulty, uh, mm. which is it's called Grounded. It's a difficulty that they added through DLC or a patch or something like that. Uh, so it's not really necessary to even to even play it. It's so brutally hard. <laughs> it's so hard they couldn't even like have it in the original game. They had <laughs> to like, yeah, exactly, come up with some uh, excuse in the DLC. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's so hard. Like, there are no, there are basically no items in the game, so you can barely craft any like health packs or molotovs or shivs or anything like that um you can also there are barely any ammo around so you you barely have anything any ammo in any of your weapons um your best shot is to use your bow and arrow but there is a small chance of uh, an arrow breaking every time it hits an enemy Oh. So that's also some somewhere where you can lose ammo. So the best game, the best way to play it is to uh, go through in stealth. Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> it's very <laughs> hard, and you will die from like one shot or something like that because you basically have no health. So even though if it, even if you had full health, you might survive one shot. Hmm. So it's very brutal, but very fun because there's a lot of tactic, tactics involved, you know. Yeah. So that's really fun, and I finished it in on on grounded, which was uh, fun. And uh, just something, Last of Us. The Last of Us is such a masterfully crafted game. Like I've played it like five times now, and the cinematics still make me feel things, you know. Yeah, you know what's going to happen and still it's just amazing. Yeah, and also something that I noticed that I think I knew but I kind of forgot about it is that every cinematic in The Last of Us has a commentary track. Mm, okay. So it's the it's the director and the two main actors are like talking about the scenes as they happen. Mm. Uh, so I watched all the cinematics with the commentary on. And that was really interesting. And then it also has a one and a half hour long documentary about the development <laughs> of the game. What is this? This is like a animal channel. They're like the lions are eating the. <laughs> so I watched that too, and it's just really interesting. Like there was this uh, this time where they talked about music in the documentary, yeah. and um, Discovery Channel. <laughs> so yeah they talked about the music and like the, the the composer like talked about the music and all that and there was this scene where you you just watched the game uh the creative director neil Druckmann sitting with the composer uh gustavo santolaya and they were just watching the scene 
and uh, it's one of the first scenes in the game and it's by far one of the most emotional scenes in the game uh, and just hearing what what the music does to the scene and you don't even see the scene you just see them watching it and I can just hear what is happening on the screen because I've seen it so many times yeah so I uh, I gotta leave even emotional just hearing the just hearing the scene happen that's well crafted you know yeah. it's it's like uh, I guess the music then just carries such emotional properties like the soundtrack that it's it's stand it stands on its own yeah it doesn't it almost doesn't even need the scene the visuals to just show this emotion yeah the music is really massively created and uh, it's the same composer who's composing last of us part two so that's awesome yeah best game uh, coming out probably (laughs) yeah really i mean because it's it's probably going to be one of the best games ever yeah Pretty much, pro. Uh, yeah, The Last of Us yeah. is by far my favorite game of all time. Playing it again has just like solidified that my stance on that. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. And also, uh, I also played like some scenes of uh, Uncharted Four on the high, hardest difficulty, just kind of trying to stealth through them and stuff like that. <laughs> just playing them over and over and over and over again while like listening to podcasts and just trying to find the correct way to just pass by everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's uh, Uncharted. I would say Uncharted is even harder to play in stealth because you don't have any silenced weapon. Mm. Yeah, but that game wasn't actually meant to be played that way, right? Because it's like the um, Last of Us is that kind of like it's an yeah. I mean, it's it's more it's more on uh, there's more of an emphasis on it in The Last of Us than in Uncharted. Uh, However, in Uncharted Four, you have a lot of tools uh, at your disposal to play it um, in stealth. Mm. Um, They added like a lot of like high grass (laughs) Pokemon style, which you can hide in. (laughs) Suddenly Pokemon appears and you're like, fuck. Yeah. But like just that seeing the high grass in Uncharted just want, just makes me want uh, an HD Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. New pitch, HD Pokemon. <laughs> How to make a great uh, like a 4K uh, resolution uh, Pokemon game in 3D where you move uh, in, in the grass and it's like totally a Pokemon comes at you and live uh, it's not like uh what you call turn based it's just like <laughs> and if if you don't throw out your pokemon fast enough you just get ripped up and eaten alive <laughs> okay that's a bit too graphic <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, maybe <laughs> anyway yeah anyway uh the last episode we recorded went up on december 11th i think yeah so we haven't talked about super mario run i think have you played no super we mario haven't run? i have played the first level and I have beaten Toad at the first level. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I bought I bought Super Mario Run on my iPad. At first, it ran so badly, but I think it's been patched now. I haven't. Uh, it's still not running super well, but it's running better. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was beating the last boss, which is spoilers, Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally five FPS. 
seriously. That's yeah, it really was, bad. It was like impossible to play. And and impossible to lose because you could see all the attacks. <laughs> no, happening. like it, it ran so badly that the animations reset. Oh my god. The animations was like glitching out. Wow. That was no that's not playable. Bad. Yeah. Not uh, but yeah, it's been patched now. It's running better. I have an iPad Mini, uh, so yeah, it's a really old. It's a really old iPad. I'm thinking about buying a new one, if I can. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I played no, Shantae Half Genie Hero. That game was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, now when we started doing the stream, there's like a ton of things we actually could talk about. <laughs> but <laughs> I suppose we have uh, to do that another time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about we jump into the news, huh? Yeah. All right. So we'll see you right after this. All right. Welcome back. It's time for the news. Hmm. The news. The news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where did your news go? Yeah, so as I said in the intro, we don't really have a lot of news stories. I have two news stories and also one like mentioned that we're going to do also. Uh, But what we're kind of replacing the news section with this week is our Nintendo Switch presentation predictions. Uh, But yeah, first of all, let's jump into these news stories. And first of all, I just want to mention and just kind of discuss this a little bit. Uh, Carrie Fisher and her mother died on December, was it 15? Oh, what? No, like 25th or something like that. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, let's. Carrie Did Fisher. her mother also die? December 27th. Yes, uh, her mother died the next day. Whoa. Yeah. That's some. So Carrie Fisher I, died oh. on December 27th, and Debbie Reynolds, her mother, died on December 28th. That's some deep shit. It's yeah. like, maybe they're related. I, I, I mean, they, of course they're related. Yeah. Uh, what I, what I can just like, the only thing I can imagine is, this must be like so fucking shitty for Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yeah. Like having her mother and her grandmother die, just two days in a row. Yeah. That has to be just really traumatizing yeah. she must be really like her life is really changing yeah i suppose like probably like two of the closest per- people to her, to her just died. yeah yeah must be hard <sighs> wow i didn't even know this i knew that carrie fisher died but i didn't know her mother died the next day i mean that's that's like some kind of proof of how important relations are yeah, she, like she probably died because she was so sad or something, or yeah, or she, she yeah she, she just feel. she just couldn't handle it or something like that. I mean, she yeah. was pretty old too, so yeah. No, that's that's really creep, not creepy, but it's it's really yeah. something. Uh, and also, yeah, just to kind of as a transition to our news story. Uh, Carrie Fisher had already uh, recorded her scenes uh, for Star Wars Episode Eight, um, but she was uh, reportedly supposed to have a bigger role in Star Wars Episode Nine. So, 
they're going to have to rewrite that now, which is kind of sad. Mm. Um, hopefully they're able to handle it in a good way. So it doesn't feel like uh, she just disappears in the third movie, you know? Yeah. Because Maybe if she was supposed to have like a large role in episode nine, there's probably a lot of buildup in episode eight, you know, for mm-hmm. her character. Um, so it would feel kind of weird if it, that just kind of disappears in episode nine. But I mean, this is Star Wars, Disney, they can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the new stories uh, from one uh, space franchise to another Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, has gotten a release date. Yes. So Mass Effect Andromeda will launch on March 21st in North America and March 23rd internationally. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I mean, I played all of the previous Mass Effect games um, and I think I'm going to play this. It looks pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm not like super hyped for it or anything like a lot of people are, but I think I'll play it. Yeah. Depends on. Uh, I mean, it is in March. Yeah. Which means that the Nintendo Switch will definitely be in the way, and I'll probably <laughs> spend like all of my money on the Nintendo Switch. I haven't actually played any Mass Effect games, but I, I gotta say this looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks looks pretty good. All right, so we got our second and last news story here, and that is that Pokemon Go was the most downloaded app in Apple's App Store in 2016. How about that? The year of Pokemon Go. Yeah, the year of Pokemon. Yeah. Starting the year with the virtual console releases for Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Um, Then going into Pokemon Go and then Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah. It's just... Just like... I mean... A constant hit of amazing things in the Pokemon series. And it really feels like my YouTube has just been, my YouTube feed has been Pokemon the whole year round. Yeah, basically. definitely. For for like a few months, Pokemon Go, and now in the end it was like just Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah. I actually had to like force myself out of it by just <laughs> deleting my save. And even then I just made a new save and started over. So I suppose it's really been a big thing. Yeah. I mean, I I wanted to be into Pokemon Go more than I was, and that was. It's not like I didn't want to play it or I did. I didn't find it interesting. Uh, yeah. It was just kind of a bad timing for me because I was at home uh, while it happened. I wasn't in in Karlskrona and um, with you guys, right? Yeah. So like everyone in our class almost played it. Like a lot of people, at least. Yeah. So I didn't have anyone to go out and play the game with, which was. Uh, so yeah it was just kind of bad timing for me but if I would have been around my friends at that time I would have played Pokemon Go a lot yeah because it's a really social game yeah I don't know how the sales are or how the downloads look but I would say that Pokemon Go has been like a lot more for for us like uh, that are into Pokemon we have seen Pokemon Sun and Moon and everything but people just the normal people who are not into Pokemon um, this is like a lot bigger for more people 
Yeah. Like the and release of Pokemon Go. Like a lot of people are like saying, oh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, it failed so hard. You know, like, yeah. oh, it was big for a few months and then just kind of crashed. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it has definitely not crashed. Just go into the App Store and check. It's one of the high, the most downloaded apps. It's one of the highest grossing apps still. Yeah. It's it's a it's a smashing success. It's totally smashing. Yeah, and it's still holding on, even though like most the mo- uh, most of the Pokemon fan base has moved on, especially to Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, there's a lot of these kind of, I would say like there's a lot of the casuals that were like, oh, my mom is playing Pokemon Go, you know, like yeah. all of those people, all of the people that made it like such a huge success, all mm-hmm. of them are gone. And then it's this, uh, and the hardcore fan base, they're yeah. also gone. They're playing Pokemon Sun and Moon now. But there's this middle ground there. All of those people, and it's a very huge uh, chunk of people. people, they're still yeah. playing Pokemon Go. And uh, it's it's like, I think there's a lot of people who have just been really become uh, hardcore when it comes to Pokemon Sun and Moon. No, Go also. Yeah. Because you see them going out like every evening, these like 14 year olds that are like, they have level 30 accounts and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really, it really sucks that Pokemon Go was timed that badly for me because I really wanted to play it so much. Mm. And, it, and I also like from here, the closest Pokestop is like 10 minutes away. Jesus Christ. So that was just, oh, that was also something that just really. If you go to a big town like Stockholm or Malmö uh, here in Sweden, it's like there's Pokestops everywhere. You can just sit at home grabbing infinite Pokeballs from like the street corners and everything. Yeah. So it's really unfair. It is. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a, it's, it's weird. Uh, like if you were, were in a huge city, the game was just really easy to play. Uh, yeah. For some people, you could just sit in your house and you had a Pokestop in close by, you know. <laughs> just, yeah, I had two, I think, in Stockholm, but I wasn't there very much. But it's still, it's so easy. Yeah. Compared to here, where you just have to struggle to keep up with your, having Pokeballs. Yeah, and something that's just really fun for me, I think, is that if you look at the mobile space for 2016 it's all nintendo like nintendo dominated the mobile space in 2016 let's let's start thinking about this because it's uh, it's super mario run and pokemon go right yeah and mitomo had this like small spike in some uh hardcore uh, bases too yeah but yeah, it it, it kind of it started off with Mitomo, just like a little spike, you know. Uh, it yeah. died off really quickly. I started playing Mitomo recently again. I think it's mm-hmm. actually really fun. Uh, I think you should download it. Uh, I want a friend <laughs> on Mitomo. <laughs> I'm very lonely. I need a friend. <laughs> I need friends. <laughs> Buying GF. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, but Super Mario Run, I have actually played a little bit and. I mean, it's unfair of me to judge it because I have only played the first level, but I thought Nintendo needs to start making shorter tutorials. Yeah, for that, their game. that tutorial was really boring. annoying. Yeah. 
just like I think it also yeah it's it is kind of short it's it's very long for what a tutorial should be but it teaches yeah. you what the what everything you need to know about the game in a uh, like relatively short manner you know yeah I guess I understand what you mean uh, and as for uh, po- uh, no not Pokemon um, Super Mario Run I really yeah. like Super Mario Run Super Mario Run, best game ever. 10 out of 10, IDN. Uh, but yeah, okay, so tell me why you like Super Mario Run. So what I really like about Super Mario Run is that it is kind of like... Um, yeah, it, it is like... When you look at it uh, in the beginning, it's just like, oh, it's just Mario and he runs for you and you can only jump. But it's actually... <laughs> the hardest Mario game ever made. Oh, okay. If you think about it, it's the hardest Mario game ever made. And it's not that you're being threatened all the time because there, it's relatively easy to play. But mm. when you're going, when you're trying to get the, uh, the dark purple coins and the black coins, uh, which unlock after you get the original purple coins, those are really hard to get. Uh, and it's it, it becomes uh, it comes uh, a matter of timing and rhythm really. You have yeah. to you have to like get this perfect timing. You play the stage over and over and over and over and over again, and you just remember like okay th- here I have to jump now I have to jump now I have to spin now and do th- uh, do the trick and all this stuff you know. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to remember how to play the stage perfectly. So it becomes it, it's. Um, like a lot of people are dismissing it because oh it's on mobile and all this shit just play the yeah. game I really uh, recommend you pre- play the game and don't just play through all the stages play the game try to get all the black coins in the three stages that you get from the demo and you will either see what I'm talking about or not and uh, also they announced uh, you can now go on the Android Play Store, and you can get notified when Super Mario Run comes out on Android. I went in to do that. Yeah, I bought it on my iPad, and I'm definitely going to buy it again on my Android. (laughs) And even if my save doesn't transfer over, I'm still going to keep playing it. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, how about we jump into our Switch predictions? Yes, let's do it. So, uh, since we don't have a lot of new stories this week, we're just going to go through our predictions for the uh, Nintendo Switch prediction, uh, no, the Nintendo uh. Switch presentation 2017, which will be where they officially announce, uh, reveal the Switch and all of its, uh, all the details about it, like battery and how powerful it actually is, how everything works, what the resolution of the screen is, and if they have any alternate Joy-Con controllers, what games are actually coming out for it, and all that stuff. Okay, and we both prepared uh, our separate lists. Yeah, so we have sorted our predictions in three categories, technically four, but three categories. Yeah. So it's our main predictions, and the main predictions are allowed to be based on rumors. That uh, mm. And obviously there have been a lot of rumors uh, surrounding the Switch and all that. 
Then we have our crazy predictions, and our crazy predictions are not allowed to be based on any rumors. But as we know from rumors, there are a lot of things that we don't know about uh, that will be announced in this event. Yeah. So the crazy predictions are we both have uh, we have five main predictions. We have two crazy predictions and then we have one price prediction. So uh, both. Yeah. So uh, the, the main predictions can get uh, full of one point each. The crazy predictions can get two points and the price point is just the one who is closest will get the point. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that sounds good. And I also said technically four categories because we also have a few backup uh, predictions in case we both have the same <laughs> prediction. It will be interesting to see if we've chosen the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I want us to have like one or two that it's the same. Yeah. And also um, with a game announcement prediction, uh, we're also uh, required to have a, a, a launch window for the game. Yeah. Otherwise, it will just be really easy. You just have to write like, oh, uh, Zelda, uh, Smash Bros, uh, Mario <laughs> Kart, uh, Splatoon. Yeah. I you'll get five points, you know. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, decimal points yeah. are also allowed to be uh, received. So if you, if half of your prediction is true, you'll get 0 0.5 points or something like that. Yeah. So, okay. how about I begin with my first prediction, my let's, first main let's prediction. Let's go with the main predictions. Woo, yeah, my first, my first main prediction, which is that Mother Three will be revealed. Yeah. And it will launch in the second quarter of 2017. Second quarter, Mother Three, uh, um, what's it called? Virtual console. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what okay. is your what is your first uh, main yeah, prediction? This is, this is not based on on a, like a, a rumor or anything, I think. But it's Final Fantasy Fifteen will be released for the Switch, uh, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be released in the second quarter also. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's, it's just gonna be like, oh, and uh, here we have Final Fantasy, very popular new game. We will have it on the Switch. Very, Very popular new game, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, yes. Final no, Fantasy 15. We have a cloud in a lightning. <laughs> they have a very nice romance. Hmm, poor, poor. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> All right, yeah. so my second, my second prediction is uh, Breath of the Wild will be a launch game. Yeah. That's a good prediction. Yes. So I believe it, it will be a launch game. Um, there are rumors that it won't be a launch game in Europe. Yeah, fucking uh, Europe. I live in Europe, but I mean... Yeah, we live in Europe and that's going to fucking suck. But yeah, I believe it's going to be a launch game in all territories. Yes. Uh, however, I guess if I'm wrong about Europe, I guess I'm getting like 0 0.7 points or something like that. Uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, anyway, what you, is your you second? You want to know mine? <laughs> What's your Mario, second? Uh, Mario is going to be a launch title. The, the Mario Switch. The, the game that we title. saw in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. We're referring to it as Super Mario Switch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that you believe it's going to be a launch game? Yes, it's going to be a launch game. 
Okay, so uh, yeah, how about I go into my prediction about Super Mario Switch uh, to rival yours prediction, and that is that I believe yeah, Super Mario Switch will be officially revealed and it will launch in fall 2017. Fall 2017, that's yeah. so far away. No, wait, it's 2017 now. Yeah, Fuck. so that will be like uh, October, November, that area. You know that will. That's when I believe that's when it's gonna be launched. So what? What about your third switch prediction? Uh, yes, it's gonna be Super Smash NX launch title. All right, cool, cool. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say now is that a, uh, like because we had like talked about Super Mario both of us for the Switch. Uh, should we keep that one, or should you go with one of your backup? Uh, no, I mean we uh, we have different uh, launch uh, windows for them. So yeah, so so yeah. they're just like doo, 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 yeah fighting. Let's see. So yeah, Smash is a launch title. That's okay, what I'm and gonna say. that is the Wii U version of Smash, just kind of enhanced for the Switch. No, yeah, it's the Wii U or free 3DS version. Yeah. All right. So my uh, my fourth switch prediction is that Nintendo will show off alternate Joy-Cons. Oh. So the Joy-Con controllers are the detachable controllers on the Switch. So I believe that Nintendo will show off alternate versions of these Joy-Con controllers in the Switch event. Nice. Nice. Okay, so what's yeah. your fourth prediction? Uh Pokemon Prism is going to be launching in September. Okay. You can say fall if you want to do that. That's safer. Uh, fall, fall, of okay. course. All right. So Pokemon Prism, uh, that's uh, that's the name that I think uh, the rumored Pokemon Stars is going to be called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I made some uh, some digging in the game and it turns out that, yeah, um, yeah, I showed you that. Um, it's what it's called. Uh, Solgaleo is called a sun Pokemon. Lunala is called the Moon Pokemon, and uh, Necrozma is called the Prism Pokemon. Yeah, so, so then it has to be. It Pokemon makes so Prism. much sense that it's going to be called Pokemon Prism. And do you think that's why they Nintendo? Um, what's it called? They 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 like remove the videos from YouTube from a fan game called Pokemon Prism. Yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, that's why it has to be. Why. It's gonna be released in the fall, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be having twenty new Pokemon's. Yeah. You think they're gonna have new Pokemon? Is that part of your prediction? Uh, don't, don't. That's gonna that's gonna screw you. No, that's not part of my prediction. Okay. But it would be cool. Okay, so my fifth prediction is that Retro Studios game will be revealed, and it's not Metroid or Donkey Kong. Retro Studios. Yeah. It's not Metro or Donkey Kong. We know Retro Studios is working on a new game. uh, And I think it is a new IP. It is not Metroid or Donkey Kong. However, I am just saying that it's not Metroid or Donkey Kong. I'm not saying it's a new IP specifically. Okay. That's fine. It's specific and uh, like random enough. Yeah. So what is your last main prediction? Um, 
Okay, I want to say something about F-Zero, but I'm just going to say that Mario Party 11 is going to be uh, released uh, winter 2017. So Mario Party 11. Uh, latest, new Mario Party. Okay, new, new Mario Party reveal, revealed for the Switch and released in winter of 2017. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting prediction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for our... Crazy predictions. Uh, how about you yeah. start off this one? Yes, I'm going to start off this one. And I'm just going to say, I was going to say that Final Fantasy 16 is a Switch exclusive. <laughs> but instead, because I want it, I'm just going to say that F-Zero NX is the uh, best F-Zero ever. And uh, also a launch title. Okay, so they're going to reveal F-Zero NX. Yes, and it's going to be the best F-Zero ever and it's going to be a launch title. Okay. And all those things have to be true. All right, that's a very, very wild prediction. <laughs> no, it's very, it's, it's going to happen. Okay, so let's my... make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's make Nintendo great again. Uh, okay, so my first crazy prediction is that Mitomo will be the base for Me Maker 2.0 for the Switch. So, yeah. Uh, We've been having Mies for a long time, and as we know from the My Nintendo account system, Mies are still very much a thing, and Miitomo is a thing and all this stuff. So Mies yeah. will definitely be your avatars on the Nintendo Switch. And uh, the Mii Maker has a very complex system of how you can create a face, but you don't have the any clothing or anything on your Mii. It's just yeah. like a color of your shirt. So mm. I believe they're going to implement the Miitomo clothing uh, into the standard like base of the me mm. on Switch. So basically, yeah, like your me as you will be seen uh, like in, on system level in on Switch will be your Miitomo me. Yeah. So yeah, basically, I don't think uh, like. It, Maybe your the Me Maker application on the Switch is not Me Tomo specifically, but it's like borrowing a lot from Me Tomo. I think that makes sense. I mean, it's it sounds like it's a reasonable thing. Yeah. So, what is your second crazy prediction? Uh, we're gonna have uh, a Nintendo virtual reality headset. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's so. Do you it think it's gonna happen? Do you slot the the switch into it, or is there is it a separate uh, unit? No, that's that's uh, switch compatible, so you can uh, use virtual reality anywhere. Okay, it's gonna happen. It's cool. Uh, regarding this, since the switch screen is supposed to be 720p, that should be a very bad experience, though. Yeah, it's gonna suck. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> It would be nice. I mean, yeah. If the if the resolution on the screen was was uh, higher, I would have yeah. believed in it a lot more. But I don't think it's actually gonna happen. Um, yeah. So my second crazy prediction was also F Zero Switch. Um, so I don't know. Let me see here. How about? I think they're going to uh, reveal GameCube. Uh, Joy-Cons for the Switch. 
Mm. So yeah, that's my second crazy prediction, is that they're going to reveal uh, GameCube-style Joy-Cons. Yeah, that sounds good. And it will be like a universal thing. You'll be able to use it in most games, but it will be specifically marketed for Smash. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be yes, epic. Yes, now it's the final prediction, and that is the price. Yes. Also, I noticed I misspelled price. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so wha- uh, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start. Mm. So I think there are going to be two SKUs, so two versions of the Switch, and not necessarily different versions, like hardware-wise, but mostly it, it will be one version that has uh, no game in it, and then there will be one with a game in it. So one with a bundle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to be priced at $249 and $299. And the $299 oh, version good. has a game bundled with it. Yeah. So what do you think the pricing is at? I said $308. $308. Because if you were going to go with $309, I was like, $308. Okay, so your 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 guess is $299. Yeah, basically. Okay, and you think there will only be one version of the Switch? Um, yeah, I, I think also there's probably going to be a game bundle. Uh I can't say which game it's going to be, but I think it's going to be a, probably a game bundle too. So uh, that bundle will be like 349 Yeah, it's probably going to be like 3 330 Yeah, 349 So mm-hmm. your guess is uh, 299 and 349 and my guess is 249 and 299 Yeah, basically. And neither of us think that the different SKUs of the Switches ha- actually have any hardware differences. No, I think that's just, just a bad idea. Yeah, it's just game bu- it's just bundled with a game. Yeah. I could also see like they're using the, the Wii thing, like they have Wii Sports in every bundle. But we'll see. I'm not going to say that now. Okay, so uh, how about we mention our backup, um, our backup um, predictions too? They, these will not be counted into the actual score, but let's just mention our, our backup predictions. So what are your backup predictions? Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, so I also had Mother 3 Virtual Console <laughs> as a backup prediction because I, I was like, yeah, it's just fun. I know we're going to choose that one because it's such a great thing and yeah. it has to happen. Great. Okay, Dark Soul. Dark Souls 1 re-released okay. on the Nintendo Switch. Okay. Uh, new 2D Metroid in July. Uh, and the uh, Switch is more powerful than the Xbox uh, One. Okay. That, those are some uh, some healthy predictions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my backup yeah. predictions are Pikmin 4 will be announced and it will be released in summer 2017. Uh, Pokemon Prism announced, released in fall 2017, and Pokemon... No, and uh, Mario Kart 8 is basically Double Dash 2, and it's a launch game. Yeah. I like the the Mario Kart uh, prediction. Yeah, so these will... uh, Well, you had three backup predictions, right? Mm, Yeah, four. Four. With Uh, the Switch is more powerful. Yeah, if you remove your mother prediction... Yeah. Then you have three extra predictions. 
yeah, and exactly. I have three predictions. So how about we just make it our main predictions are eight predictions instead? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that let's just good. do that. So Dark um, Souls, I had Dark Souls. No, but, uh, no. Okay, uh, I have I have a Pokemon Star, uh, Pokemon Prism, and that was the same yeah. as yours. So pick two out of your predictions and and make them. Oh. so we have seven main predictions. Okay, two um, D Metroid to be released, uh, let's say fall, and the, the Switch is more powerful than the Xbox. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. So I think that's it about our predictions. Uh, what, what is, so what is your stance on the Nintendo Switch going into this presentation? Um, I'm, I haven't looked at any footage of what they have done with earlier systems, but I think they're going to go hard. They're going to be like the Nintendo Switch. And then they're going to show some more footage of how you use it. And then they're going to be like, Mario Switch, and they're like, oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, they're going to speak about a lot of games. They're going to bring up um, the Star Foxes and the, the Metroids and the free... Um, the All, the <laughs> All the best-selling titles. Star Fox and Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the ones that haven't been out in like 10 years. <laughs> and then they're going to focus on the third-party titles because that's what Nintendo has been uh, having bad times with. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting going into this event, seeing what the future of Nintendo will be like. Um, yeah. How about we jump into our topic? Yeah, And talk about uh, Star Wars Rogue One. Star Wars. So we'll see you right after this. All right, time for the topic. The Star Wars uh, review. Yes, Rogue One, a Star Wars story review. So we're going to start off, no spoilers, and then we're going to jump into spoilers. And if you don't want to hear any spoilers, go into the description and find the timestamp for the pitch and just jump to that. So, uh, yeah, how about we start off? What did you think about Rogue One? I think it was a, a very good movie. But I have a critique on the on the characters. Okay, uh, I thought it was a great movie. I really I loved a lot. I loved pretty much everything about the movie. Uh, mm. I thought it was really great. I loved the characters. I loved the kind of hints towards the other events in the franchise, and uh, there were some nice um, like. Um, cameos in there um, yeah yeah i really liked everything and one of my favorite things about the movie is that this is the first time that we're seeing the original star wars trilogy in modern uh, with a modern budget modern special special effects modern cameras modern direction acting all this stuff yeah and it looks fucking beautiful it's really nice to see the whole story like fleeting together also with the Death Star. Yeah. If you just watch the first, this movie makes every other Star Wars movie better. Basically. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like when you watch this afterwards, you're like, yeah, I kind of want to watch the first movie again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I so, um, hmm, where, where should we go next without spoiling anything? 
Uh, yeah, so just tell, tell me, like, what do you think about uh, the characters uh, without spoiling anything? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, all the main characters are interesting enough. And they are, the characters are funny and they are, like, they are pretty interesting. But I thought there was a lack of character development on some parts. Yeah, um... Yeah, I can agree a little bit on that. Uh, a lot of characters didn't have enough time to develop. Uh, yeah. That's just the nature of these kind of movies when you introduce a lot of new characters. Uh, but I think they did the best they could with the time they had. Mm. Um, also, who was your favorite character in the movie? Oh, I think... Um... Either it was the robot or the a person in the in the movie that it was blind. Uh, Shiro Timwe. Shiro Timwe, yes. Yeah, uh, the Asian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked him too. I'm I'm really split. Like I don't know which one is my favorite character because I really liked all of the characters a lot. Um, yeah. Like I, I obviously K2SO the droid was really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved uh, that uh, uh, Jin Erso was just like she was a rebel, and even when the even when the rebels don't want to do what she wants to do, she rebels against the rebels. <laughs> yeah, I mean she wasn't a rebel in the sense that she was uh, one of the rebels, but she was yeah. a rebel at heart. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, she was just really badass. And also, um, what was his name? Cassian Andor, the Mexican guy. Yeah. I thought he was a really uh, cool character too. He was just, he was a really dark character. Um, yeah, do, do you mean the the, the male uh, counterpart? Yeah, the male main character, basically. <clears throat> yeah. Played by Diego Luna. Uh, I think he, I think he was a really cool character. He was uh, a good character. Yeah, I don't so think I mean, we can go into a lot more of the characters without spoiling anything. Yeah, we're so, we're really threading on the line. Yeah. Uh, so what do you? Uh, yeah. How about we just go into spoilers? Okay. But before yeah. we do that, do you think it's worth seeing? Definitely, it's it's definitely worth seeing. Even if you're a Star Wars fan, it's worth seeing. If you're not a Star Wars fan, it's probably worth seeing anyway. If you value your time like super highly and you're like, yeah, you only read the best books and yeah, (laughs) you probably shouldn't even be doing anything. Something that I think is really interesting about Rogue One is that Rogue One is a very good place to start, but it's also a very good place to end with the Star Wars series as it stands right now. Mm. Uh, personally, if I, if I were to, uh, guide someone who's never seen a Star Wars movie before, I would tell them to watch Rogue One after watching the original trilogy and the prequels, but before watching episode seven. Yeah. Because it's like the cameos and the things that you have seen around the the universe. That's what makes it great. It's like, it really helps the movie. Yeah. And... Uh, there, there are a lot of like hints of things that happens that, um, 
that you really that are really like pass over your head if you haven't seen the original trilogy, specifically mm. A New Hope. Uh, yeah. And there are a lot of like fan service regarding Darth Vader. Uh, I mean, he was in the trailer, so I'm sorry if I spoil that he was in the movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of fan service regarding Darth Vader. And I think you need to have the context of who Darth Vader is in order to appreciate those things. So yeah. I would say in order to, to appreciate everything that the movie does, you should have watched pretty much every Star Wars movie. You don't have to see episode seven to watch this because that one is so like detached, you know, from the rest of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, if I if I were to guide someone on how to watch the Star Wars series, I would tell them to watch the original trilogy first, then watch uh, the prequels. And then Rogue One, and then Episode Seven. Mm. Would you agree with that? I would agree, because uh, the reason I, I think you should watch the original trilogy before the prequels is because otherwise, a lot of the plot points in the original trilogy would be spoiled for you by the prequels. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Like there is just like, oh, Luke. I am your father. Like, that'll, you'll already know that. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry if yeah, I spoiled uh, that Darth Vader is Luke, <laughs> Luke Skywalker's dad. It's, it's kind of the same thing, though, because when you watch, um, if you have watched the original, like, uh, pre, the prequels before the tri- original trilogy. Okay, I got to sneeze. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> then you... Uh, you will get like this cameo effect whenever you see Darth Vader. You're like, yeah, I know a bit about that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's uh, my point with it. Rogue One is a great place to start if you want to watch a Star Wars movie. However, if you want to have the best experience watching Rogue One specifically, you should watch the other movies first. Yeah. However, as, I, as I've said multiple times, Rogue One is a great place to start if you don't care about having the best experience of watching this <laughs> specific movie. Yeah, should we go into the spoiler part? Yes, yeah, so let's jump into spoilers. So as I said before, if you don't want to hear about spoilers, just go into the description. Please mute your phone, Oscar. Yeah, I'll mute my phone. Um, so just go into the description and uh, find the timestamp for the pitch. And you just click there and it will take you past all the spoilers. So uh, are you ready to jump into spoilers? I'm ready. So uh, how about we yeah. go into the final scene right away? Yes. So I suppose that the final scene is with Leia. Uh, the final scene is, the, uh, is when Darth Vader shows up and then it goes into the ship that uh, A New Hope starts in and then goes to Leia. And then it's like the ending. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that Darth Vader scene was just so fucking epic. Everybody just, like, just their pants, basically. That was... Probably one of the that was probably the best Darth Vader sequence that exists. Yeah, it was just like that's my man, that's my man. <laughs> I like that guy. 
And it also the, it also changes your interpretation of what actually happens in A New Hope. Mm. Yeah, because uh, you can actually, if you go back to watch A New Hope, like uh, Leia is just plainly lying to Darth Vader. <laughs> like Leia is saying, like I'm on a diplomatic mission from the Rebel Alliance, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> and Darth Vader should, should totally be like, I just saw you. Running away from the battle. <laughs> I literally just mowed down a lot of your troops. <laughs> just like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> now you're standing here saying you're on a diplomatic mission? Yeah, like... I should strangle you. Yeah, so Liz. instead instead of like... Um, yeah, so that kind of changes the meaning of the of the start of the New Hope. Uh, it's it, it becomes more of a like instead of a lie, it becomes more of like a trying to buy time, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, let's go back to the actual Rogue One. What do you think about the first Darth Vader scene? I think uh, it was great. Uh, that's when the commander goes into uh, Darth Vader's chamber, chambers and Darth Vader just, he asks some question about the Death Star. Is it going to be like... Director Orson Krennic. Yeah. yeah. He, he tells Director Orson Krennic that it's like, uh, you better make sure the Death Star is uh, fault, fault proof. Yeah, something. but something that I found really interesting that Darth Vader says there is that he says that, he basically says like, yeah, the Darth Vader, the Darth, uh, the the Death Star is causing a lot of problems, and I don't think we should be using this thing. <laughs> yeah, he kind of says that in a way, which was really interesting. Kind of shows, really interesting. yeah, it kind of shows that uh, Darth Vader thinks the Death Star is overkill. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we got a new awesome quote from Darth Vader in that scene as well. Uh, okay, what was it? Uh, uh, be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> uh, and it was such an awesome pun. <laughs> like, yeah. and just the way he turns around and like, be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. But that's like, you really start appreciating Darth Vader because yeah. he, you know how much he's been through. And you know, he's like, he's in this position that he kind of doesn't want to be in, but he's just gotten into and everybody fears him, and he's just because he knows the force. He's just so powerful; nobody really can do anything against him. And it's yeah. just like when somebody comes up, he's just like, "Yeah, okay, so shut gonna, up, your shit bag." <laughs> I'm gonna try to do my best, uh, my best uh, Darth Vader impression here. And tell me, can you hear this? <laughs> Loud and clear, Commander. Okay, it's like. Careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's totally perfect. <laughs> so yeah, I I really like that line. I thought it was funny and just like if, because he's choking him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, um, I think asper aspire. What's it called? Aspirations. As aspiration is also like very close to word that is used when you when you breathe no i, uh, I mean also aspirations mean 
that like his wishes, you know, like what he yeah, aspires exactly. to be. But I think there's actually a double uh, line in that because I think asp aspiration is also a, a word word for like uh, breathing. Um, there is definitely a similar word for breathing. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. search for uh, breathing synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't think it's intentional though, but yeah. So what do you think about the, uh, the characters? No, yeah. Spoilers. Think, uh, what do you think about their it, arcs? Uh, I think the best arc was, uh, Jin and her father. Yeah. What do you, uh, okay. That, how about we go into this first? What do you think about the fact that everyone dies in the movie? I thought it was pretty boring. <laughs> Really? Uh, and I mean, yeah, and I think it's pretty like it says a lot about the movie because if we look at Darth Vader, when we see him, we know about him. He's in other movies. We're like we care about him because he he has like human feelings. But when we go through the new cast of characters, all of them are very temporary. They're very one-sided. They don't have their they're like they sure they have their own like things. But they don't feel human. They're just rebels. And when they die, we're like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, it's what you expected, kind of. Huh. I, I thought it was really impactful, the fact that Alden dies. And I think they did it really well, because the first character who dies is, apart from Saw Gerrera in, in like, uh, way uh, before, um, mm. K2SO is the first character who dies out of the rebel group. Yeah. Uh, and... And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's a droid. You know, that's not too too bad. Like, I, they can probably rebuild him or something, you know? Mm. But then Bodhi dies. And I think Bodhi's death was probably the, the, the toughest one for me. Which is... Uh, Bodhi is was Bodhi the, uh, the Imperial uh, pilot. Oh, yeah, he was a really nice guy. Yeah, because I, I, feel, I feel like I really uh, empathize with this character a lot. You know, he he uh, um, he is like he's not the he's not the hero. You know, like he is kind of the the, the sidekick. yeah the sidekick character. You know, in a way, and yeah. I don't know. I just I kind of felt like I emphasized with this character a lot, and uh, especially like he was kind of the technician too. You know, yeah, uh, and just a lot of people are complaining about this, but the fact that the cable is too short. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was such a real problem, <laughs> and I really <laughs> like that. But yeah, like, kind of funny. and the way, just the way Bodhi dies, it's just you can just see like in his eyes, like, oh shit, this is the end, you know? Yeah. And I think his face, facial expressions when he dies, um, just really sells that, and just the, the fact that it just cuts off like right when he dies. Hmm. I think it was really well done. And then the next one to die is Shirit Inwe. Um, and, uh, that's the that's the monk, right? Yeah, that's I'm the monk. I wanted the force, the force is... Yeah. I wanted the force, the force is with me. The one, I wanted with the force, the, the force, force is with the me. The force is with me, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. Yeah, and uh, why I think it was sad that he was, he was killed too is that I think his character would have been really interesting to see where he would go. Just imagine yeah, if he would have, uh, like, uh, become a Jedi or something. Yeah. That would have been really fucking cool. 
Uh, like I mean, if, if if that would have happened, that would be cool because then we would have like the Darth Vader sequence. Next time we see him, it would be like, yeah, that's my man. Yeah, it's it's the Force guy. Uh, okay, so yeah, and the next one is what was his name? Uh, the guy. Uh, it's speculated that him, he was like the heavy artillery guy. Oh yeah, his yeah. side the sidekick of the the. I don't monk. remember his name, but something that I thought was really cool is that it's kind of hinted that they're gay. Really? Yeah. Don't I you? didn't notice. I mean, they have this really close relationship, and obviously, not just because there are two men who have a really close relationship doesn't mean that they're gay. But I mean, it could have been interpreted that way, and I f- I feel like. If that was their intention, I think they really yeah. handled it well. And I, even if it wasn't their intention, they also handled it well. Like, you don't have to explicitly just show, like, two men kissing. No, or They just, don't like, have to, like, jerk each other off for yeah, them to be Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you can just show that these are two people that really, that like each other, that are really close to each other. And that's all you need. Yeah, I think one of the greatest scenes with them is when... Uh, Let's say they have crash landed on the planet where uh, uh, Jin's father is, and yeah, the, the, uh, the monk is going the out of the spaceship. Yeah, and he's he said, uh, "What's it called?" His sidekick, the heavy artillery guy, says, "Like, where are you going?" or something. I think his it name says, was Base. I think it was Base. Yeah. So so Base says something like, uh, "Where are you going?" and he says, "Like, I'm going to check out the situation or something." Yeah. And then he says, "Like, uh, the art- Base says it's going to be dangerous alone." And uh, the, the blind monk, Shirit, Shirit says something in the lines of, uh, I'm not alone, I have you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was great. <laughs> and so then, that really indicates how, how good their relationship was. Yeah. So, and the next character who dies, and I guess we could, I guess we could count even Orson Krennic, because Orson Krennic dies uh, after that. Uh, and he was yeah. one of the new characters. I, I realize how bad I am with names now. <laughs> <laughs> I've just read a lot about this movie. Uh, yeah. Orson Krennic is the director of the, of the Death Star. Um, oh. I actually really like this character a lot. Uh, he was really human. He was evil, but he was really human about it. Like, when he's having this that conversation with Darth Vader, he's like, yeah. can you please put in a good word for the Emperor for me? You know, like, he's, <laughs> you know... Like he just, yeah. he just wants to be, he just wants to be, uh, wants to like be appreciated for the things he's done, you know, and uh, yeah. that's a really human thing, you know? And I think that's something that I think is pretty horrible with the Star Wars movies is that you're actually rooting for the terrorists. And yeah. you have to know that, that this is a guy that has actually like, he aspires to become good, uh, like high up in the military of the actually empire. Yeah, of the Empire. Like, like Empire. yeah, and that's something. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, it's something that is very uh, something that you don't really think about. This is an empire that was elected legally. It was legally elected to become an empire. Yeah. Like the the Palpatine who became the emperor, who started the empire, he was legally elected as the senator. Yeah. So this is. Uh, com- like this empire didn't rise from evil. This empire <laughs> was actually elected. It was actually something that naturally happened, even though and, 
the senator Palpatine, who yeah. actually became evil, obviously, but. But I mean, and then we have these rebels who are just like very they are terrorists. Uh, like, they're just yeah. terrorists, and there's and nothing that, about you it. You have to know that whenever a stormtrooper is killed, you have to think that that's just a, he's a just guy. doing his job. He's doing his job, and he's being killed by terrorists, and his wife is becoming a widow, and his children is losing their father. Yeah, and they're all just being mowed down like, like, like it's nothing. Like nothing, yeah. And they have like armor, and the, that. Still, they die in one shot, but the, yeah. the, the rebels are like they take three, four shots and they're just running around in like their underwear. And no. also yeah. something something that I thought was really cool that they showed off in this movie, too. There is one of the flashbacks when Jin was a child. Uh, yeah. And one of those flashbacks are when they are on Coruscant. Uh, it's not specifically said that they are on Coruscant, but it's kind of, you can kind of see it from the window. Uh, you know, it's uh, the scene where... You can see uh, her father, her mother, and Orson Krennic in like a living room or something, just talking. Mm. Do you remember this scene? Um, was this in the the first scene? No, it's uh, it's um, it's a flashback, like in the middle of the movie or something like that. Yeah. And you can see uh, Galen Erso, her her father, wearing yeah. an imperial outfit. No, oh yeah, I don't remember this though. But okay. Yeah. And something that I really liked about that scene is that it shows that being a part of the Empire doesn't make you evil. The Empire is just the way the government is run. Yeah. And I really like that because it just sh- it, it just showed that the Empire isn't evil. It's the people running the Empire that are evil. Mm. You know? Yeah, exactly. And you can just see this, and that is the scene where just Galen Erso, uh, I think it was Lusa or something, Erso, which the wife, and then Orson Krennic, they're just having a good time in the in, in the living room, you know? Yeah. And Jin Erso is just outside. And I thought that was a great scene. It just shows that you, you don't have, you're not evil because you're working for the Empire. No, that's that's what most people do. It's It's just the Empire. Yeah. You're just working for the empire. It's the same way, like if people in our lives that work for the government, like yeah, not evil, and then they get <laughs> killed by terrorists. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's horrible. You um, know, and it's like when when this movie was when the first Star Wars movies was released. I think there wasn't really as much of a terrorist threat as there is now with ISIS and everything. So then people right. didn't think it was as horrible. But I remember watching this movie and the first stormtroopers that were killed, I actually felt really bad for them. And I felt like the main characters were kind of assholes. Huh. So especially in the tank scene when they are at uh, Jadi or... Jeddah. It's, it's called so, Jeddah. So I, I remember because there's so much terrorist... Uh, fear of terrorists in the in the world today i actually thought it was kind of inappropriate huh. i'm so pc right now <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an interesting look at it uh by the way do you want to know something interesting about darth vader in this movie yes you know uh darth vader's temple uh that the, that orson krennic goes to yeah uh that's the first scene with darth vader it's on mm. a lava planet and do you know what planet that is no, it can't be. It's Mustafar. Is it the same? It's, it's Mustafar, Mustafar from episode three. Oh, that's three. horrible. Do you think he's still recovering there? Or do you think he's been like doing stuff? 
so I, I don't know if it's speculation or if it's confirmed, but uh, what I've heard is that Vader is has his like temple on Mustafar because that is the place he died and he is just kind of uh, fighting Reborn. against that feeling. Oh. By the way, about that scene, so asper, asper, aspiration in Sweden, aspiration in Swedish actually means to breathe. Uh, and uh, if resp, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, you're you're referring to respiration. Respiration, yes, respiration. Yeah, and aspiration exactly. Are very similar. It's a similar word, but yeah, it doesn't. Aspiration is a different word. Be careful to choke on your aspiration and respiration. That's. I think that's. It's like it's a clever line. I mean, you have to give it that. Yeah, it's. it's I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's uh, intentional. Intentional, but it's a. It's a funny thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what next? Um, what do you think? Uh, do you? Okay. Yeah. This is a good part. What do you think about the CGI characters in the movie? Uh, the CGI think- recreated characters in the movie. You can see that they're CGI, but I think it's still good. What do you think? Yeah, so there are two uh, there are two CGI characters in the movie, and I'm referring to CGI recreations of real people. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, or I think it's Commander Tarkin in this movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's uh, Leia. Mm-hmm. Leia showing up at the end. So uh, a lot of people are saying... Like, oh, uh, you can see that it's CG and there's a lot of people are like, wait, they were CG. But I mean, <laughs> I obviously saw that they were CG, but I was like, wow, this is That's so well done. <laughs> Leia, especially since she's only in the frame, like she's like in 30 frames or something and she looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, like I, I was just looking at her like, holy shit, this looks so good. <laughs> But I obviously saw that it was CG, and I, I, I would still, like, criticize it and say that it looks like CG, but still, like, it looks so good. And just imagine, <laughs> like, five years from now, it's going to be indistinguishable. Yeah. But, you know, uh, something that I have an issue with, with this new Star Wars film, the two latest one, uh, so the, the Force Awakens and the Rogue One, is that there's so many action scenes, you know? There's okay. like, yeah, it's so much action. And uh, it makes you, it's, it's kind of a good thing, you know, but sometimes I just wish they would go back to the old, like, uh, let's say the prequels. You know how they are very boring and there's like conversations with Joda and there's like they sit in the Jedi, in politics and Jedi temples. Yeah. And Anakin's just like going through a lot of, and he speaks uh, to his his girlfriend Padme and these whines about sand, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I hate yeah. sand. Yeah. Like they would never say I hate sand in this. <laughs> it's, it's just like something that's very human. That's like eliminated in these new movies. And I kind of miss like the whole, the boring politics because there's so much action. <laughs> okay. I, I miss the boring politics. All right. Yeah. Um... I hate sand. I like the action. Um, I, I think it's a good uh, it's a good balance of action and not action. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So what to talk? Um, Don't you think that most characters in these movies are kind of 
one-sided that they're like they're rebels or they're like they are imperials because I, I anakin kind of was in between i don't necessarily think so to be honest mm. um i think they like Jin has to be kind of a uh, like they kind of have to make her become a part of the rebels you know yeah and I also like the fact that uh, Cassian Andor, uh, the Mexican guy, mm-hmm. uh, he he's an assassin. Like he's just a pure assassin. Like he's he kills people for for money. Yeah. And the fact that you you have this like uh, one of the rebel uh, council members. Who, like gives him a secondary mission who's like if you find Galen Urso kill him like, yeah ignore what ignore what they said like you have to kill him when you see him but let's think about this then how many times are Jim and Cassie sad or happy in the movie uh, I mean I think they have a lot of variation like uh, before when uh, when they have this like um, this uh what's it called um uh the fight uh of like it, why cassian is uh is um is an assassin mm-hmm. uh and they're like he his arguments are like uh it's i have to do it because i have to survive you know and stuff yeah. like that and yeah i thought that was a good scene yeah i suppose but uh, it's still I love it's very their, meta um, I really love their scene at the end. Like you, you would, you could expect that. Oh, they're gonna kiss, you know, uh, when Ga- when uh, Cassian and Jin dies at the end from the yeah. uh, from, from Death the Star explosion. Uh, explosion. Uh, but mm. they don't kiss. They just hug and just they just embrace and die. Yeah, you know, and I really like that scene uh, because. They weren't uh, like if they were going to kiss. I felt like I feel like they would have been shit. Yeah, the worst. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, oh, this is so Hollywood, you know. But yeah. the fact that they didn't kiss, I feel like, was a really good choice. They just kind of were. They just embraced each other. Yeah, it was like we've been through a lot together, now. and we're about to die, and this is it, you know. Yeah, if if the world was going to end, I would definitely feel lonely if I was just by myself. Yeah. So that's nice, I guess. Also something that I really liked about this movie is that this is the first time we're seeing the infrastructure of the Empire. You mean like with the data collection on the planet? Yeah, the uh, data center, uh, with Scarif and the data center. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, this is, a pl- this, is their, this is their archive planet. This is where they keep all the data, the Death Star plans. Like this is where they keep everything. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. And this is kind of, uh, this is like their version of the internet. Yeah, basically. And it's a, it's a very, like, it's not a, it's not a universe wide thing. It's obviously like just for the Empire, like a very military thing. And I feel yeah. like if the Empire wouldn't have uh, been destroyed just like a few years later, I think that would have actually developed and become the internet in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, but since they destroy it, they ruin their infrastructure. Um, because something that's 
it's a it's a line in episode seven that is really interesting. It's when Kylo Ren says that um, we recovered the star maps from the ashes of the Empire, mm-hmm. and this is what they recovered. They had their maps on Scarif. Oh, right. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. I think Scarif. I think Scarif blows up at the end. Right? Yes. Scarif blows up at the end. There's like a big explosion. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that was also something that I was kind of confused about when it came to Death Star. Both times that they used the Death Star in 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 Rogue One, I feel like you don't you never see Jedi or Scarif blow up. Right? You, yeah, you it's see like, this it's... massive explosion. And then you just don't see it blow up. Yeah. So what I'm yeah. thinking, did they really destroy Jeddah? Did they really destroy Scarif? I mean, they really destroyed Jeddah. Because when they were captured, I think they were taken out some, to a city or a place outside of Jeddah. What I'm more confused of is when they blow up Scarif. Because they must not have been aiming at the tower in the center. They must have been aiming, like, a bit off because the explosion was like so. Yeah, uh, super, like the blast wave. Yeah. So why I don't think Scarif what actually was actually blown up is that the way they aim the Death Star tractor beam. Yeah. Like it just goes like it. They destroy the the um, the transmitter. And yeah. I think that is intentional. So technically, the beam would hit the planet at an angle. Yeah. And wouldn't actually go into the core of the planet. No, they didn't destroy the entire planet. They did not destroy the planet. Right. They... I, I, I don't have a confirmation about this. I guess I can I could uh, Google it. I think basically they they told you in the movie that this was just a small part of the power of the Death Star. But it's like, you know it can destroy planets. But in this in this movie, they just destroyed city, yeah. cities, basically. Let's see. Um, I'm, I'm checking here on uh, Wikipedia. Let's see. Do they actually destroy Scarif? Um... I, I don't know, like, uh, what's a planet that has actually been destroyed? Let's check uh, Alderaan. Because if Alderaan's been destroyed, there might be, like, a date of destruction on here. Or something like that. Hmm. Destruction. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think uh, Scarif was actually destroyed. Mm, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, so I, yeah, what I think happened is that, yeah, they destroyed the transmitter uh, just so they, to, as an attempt to uh, try and um, uh, interrupt the transmission of the, um, of the Death Star plans, which they obviously fail with. So they tra- and, and then 
it hits the planet, but it becomes kind of like a, like a nuclear explosion, right? Yeah, basically. But it doesn't destroy the entire planet. No, I don't think so either. Obviously, so, I don't know if this is true or not. Yeah, but it's it's very, very... It's You can, like, half confirm it yourself. It's, yeah. it's like, we can confirm it. It's not happened. They did not destroy these planets. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, should we go to the next subject? Or is there something that we should discuss about the movie that we have missed? Hmm... Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, is there anything else to talk about? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Uh, I think we're pretty much done then. Yeah. Um, let me see. Yeah, I think we're pretty much done. I think that uh, I think the final scene will scare. Oh, okay. I have one thing to talk about, uh, um, and that is, isn't it kind of kind of funny how the the final battle is Jin and Cassian and K2SO looking through a computer. <laughs> <laughs> They're just looking through files on a computer. <laughs> okay, just look into that folder. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> No, the other folder. I thought that was pretty funny. I, I named it Stardust. <laughs> it's in the C drive. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and also, oh, right. Something that was really interesting is that there is a lot of footage in the trailers that is not, that is not in the movie. There is? Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a ton of footage that they didn't use in the actual movie. Like... Uh, in in the trailers, you see this uh, like shot of uh, of um, uh, Jin and Cassian running with the Death Star hard drive across the fields and running yeah. towards the um, uh, running away from the uh, the eighty eighty-eighties. Eighty. Yeah. What was their? They they changed the name of these eighty-eighties. Uh, but yeah, I think that was really interesting. Yeah. I think it's ATCAT. ATACT. What is an ATCAT? Is that like the robots? ATACs are those from the half battle, you know, the big things with four legs. Oh, yeah, of course. Not of course, but still. Yeah, and they had, in this movie, they had another iteration of those. That were made for cargo. And I think they're called ATACTs. Mm. ATACT. Yeah. That's pretty cool. ADACT. Yes. Something like that. But anyway. it's interesting. I'm interested to see how they will make the next Star Wars movie. Uh, and uh, like if they're going to continue making like Death Stars. Because I'm getting pretty tired of Death Stars by now. Yeah, I really don't. Th I really hope they don't make another like super weapon in the other Star Wars in the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, because if that happens, I'll have to say the prequels are superior to every other Star Wars movie because it's all the <laughs> same thing over and over again. So and I don't want you, to say that. Uh, have you uh, something that I really recommend everyone watching is, uh, um, I, I you know, Cinema Sins. Yeah. Yeah, they made this new channel. I don't know when they made it, but it's called Cinema Wins. Uh, 
Oh. And it's like uh, a show where they uh, say go through a movie and tell you like all the good things about the movie. That sounds really good. And they did that for all the prequels, and I watched the one for episode three, and ba- it, like it's basically this video about telling them why episode three is actually not a bad movie. And In my case, I think that's the best movie. And it, it actually is uh, like supported my my uh, my opinion of the movie because i actually like episode three so that was mm. really interesting i think you should watch that after after we recorded so i'm gonna go prenumerera at this now i'm a premerant <laughs> uh so yeah uh yeah let's uh, let's finish up this discussion so uh yeah, uh, you you like this movie? I like this movie. Uh, is there anything else to discuss? No, it's a great movie. You should watch it if you haven't already watched it. Yeah, you shouldn't have watched the spoilers, but it's fine. You can still watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's go into the pitch right after this. All right, time for the pitch. We're going to talk about Metroid Maker. Samus Metroid Maker. Yeah, so uh, obviously this is uh, right on the heels of Super Mario Maker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Super Mario Maker came out last year. and uh, Also, did you you see the 3DS version of Mario Maker? Yeah, I have seen some things of it, but I have not used it. What a horrible train wreck. Yeah, why didn't they allow people to download yeah, whatever so they wanted? Yeah, it's so stupid. It's like we make this application and then we put the best part, trash trash the best part, and just release. Yeah, it's so stupid. I don't understand what they, what they were the thinking about. The point is lost. Yeah. No, it's, it's so stupid. I, I just, Nintendo, fixed this shit. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about Metroid Maker. So... Uh, Metroid Maker, my uh, kind of my thought about this is that this would be like uh, this would feature everything that the all the 2D Metroid games uh, feature. So basically, Metroid Fusion. Yeah, is probably the most up to date. Yeah, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission. Um, mm. So yeah, it it would obviously be like a tile based uh, creation uh, game. And uh, you would have all of these tiles that you can see in, in the different Metroid games. You would be able to have different art styles based on, like, the original Metroid, Metroid 2, Super Metroid, uh, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission, you know? Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Maybe even, like, a new HD Metroid art style or something like that. It would have been time. They should probably release a game with this. Yeah, so what I want them to do is that I want them to make, like, a uh, uh, Metroid uh, Metroid collection, you know, like Metroid Legacy collection or something like that, with all yeah. the 2D Metroid games uh, basically recreated in this Metroid Maker engine. That would be pretty call great. It, yeah, basically call it the Metroid Legacy Collection plus Metroid Maker or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so the way Metroid Maker would work is that it would obviously work pretty much the same way as Super Mario Maker does. 
The difference here is that you can actually make full Metroid worlds. So this would be a lot bigger than a Super Mario Maker level. Yeah. This would be pretty much a game. You're making a Super Metroid game maker. Yeah. Um, however, you, uh, you can also make just singular stages, obviously. Uh, if you if you don't want to make something at the scale of a Metroid game, you know? Yeah, you could maybe just like say how many power-ups you should have and then make a, make a stage with that. Yeah, and you would have all the different power-ups and you can place them in the world. You can basically decide how many power-ups uh, the character has when you jump into the stage. And then you, ha you can place power-ups in the stage and, uh, you know, select when you want the player to get them. Uh, and then, so then you can make like challenge mode. You have like Mother Brain from Super Metroid, but with only three health tanks. Yeah, or something. Yeah, uh, you will be able to place out different items and stuff like that, and also like secrets and all this stuff. Uh, choose when you would have these kind of screen door transitions and and all this stuff. Um, and uh, it would all be. It would kind of, and something that you could do with this is that you could have like pre-made rooms. Uh, yeah. And that would be like an easier way to create this game. Basically, so the, uh, the way you could do it is that you have these like pre-made like parts of rooms, basically, that you kind of stitch together in yeah. like uh, in like a big, uh, in, in a big square uh, grid system. And then you can go in and add or remove specific blocks within these bigger blocks. Yeah. I think that would be a really it cool way to do it. would definitely be a, a more, um, not adults, but like it would be a more mature Mario Maker. Yeah. Because it would require more work to get it to work. Yeah, but you could still uh, make like these shorter uh, challenge levels. Where you just give the player a specific amount of items, and then you just kind of make it a puzzle for the player to go through. Yeah, or items have these, or like, time levels and stuff like that that people make in Mario Maker. <laughs> there would be a lot of like uh, opportunity for bullshit in this game yeah. because Samus has so many cool things. Yeah, and there would be even less, um, an even less amount of actually good levels in Metroid Maker. <laughs> But I still want to have it. Yeah. And then, may yeah, maybe they would even announce like a Metroid 5, you know? Yeah. And then have the Metroid 5 art style in the Metroid Maker. Mm. Yep, yeah, I, I, I know that I've always wanted to Super, Super Metroid to have like hacks and mods to just make it um, like more difficult or just new and interesting there must be this like that online right yeah there is probably but it's like it's much easier if there is a game where people can just do yeah hacks uh and just share them yeah um yeah the, i think the and the way this would work is that you would have the physics and gameplay of metroid zero mission right So yeah, uh, I guess that would be pretty cool. Yeah, what happened? Did something happen? 
you no never mind uh so yeah you would have like the gameplay of uh zero mission and it would just be skinned as the different uh art styles yeah so i don't think you would have you would i don't think you would like adapt it and uh, like like mario maker does like oh only in the new super mario bros art style can you actually uh wall jump or stuff like that and only in and, and then like in in the original mario bros art style you can ground pound or pick up items you know like they would i don't think they would do that in this one because mm. most of the new movements and stuff like that in the metroid franchise are just there for convenience rather than uh actual like uh game design specific things you know mm. they're just there to make the game easier and more fun to play yeah so that's why i think they they should keep that so even in like the metroid 2 art style you know you would still be able to grab onto ledges you would still be able to aim in all eight directions and stuff like that yeah yeah uh yeah anything you want to add to that yeah it's it's like it would be really fun to have i mean because always with metroid uh metroid games metroidvania games and such i always want to replay them but want them to be different I don't know. I feel I cannot really contribute anything because it feels like it's like it's perfect as it is. It's just like <laughs> it's just it's just a good idea to have yeah. a game like that. And maybe you could even like the choose what what outfits Samus would be wearing. If she would be wearing like the fusion suit or the, the light suits. suit, the light suit or the zero suit, maybe even. Yeah. That would be dangerous, though. Like, can't offer much protection. <laughs> but yeah, that would that would change the gameplay a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the like, the best thing I think would be like the challenge mode and just adding like, just making sure they have to play with certain settings. Yeah. How many energy tanks and what suits and everything. Yeah. That would be fun. I think that would be a really cool game. Uh, so yeah, tell us what you think about Metroid Maker in the comments, and what you um, what you would want to see in Metroid Maker. And I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like this video, please like, comment, and share the video. And uh, we'll see you next week with another episode of Podcast Unite. Bye. Bye.